Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and we're here for another week, which is very, very exciting. I am fucking freezing. Like, so cold, you have no idea. I can see my breath. It's like I'm sat in Antarctica, but I am in bed, which is good. And I am in the electric blanket, which is doubly as good. But today is Friday. By the time you listen to this, oh my God, the weekend will just be... I'll be on Sunday. I love... Sundays. Although it's not my favourite day of the week. I think Thursday is my favourite day of the week because I've mentioned this before. Thursday has so much potential as a day and that's why that's why I think it's my favourite. But I'm not going to lie, I've eaten too much and I just feel a bit sick. Like, you know when you've just eaten too much and you just feel a bit like, oh, like I feel like I just need to roll around. But that's not, I just, I wish, oh, I just, I'm not a fan of this feeling. I went to this falafel place for dinner and it was delicious but it was I was a bit drunk and so I just paid for it and it was like 10 pounds and then I went to Sainsbury's and I got a Mother's Day card because it is Mother's Day people next week and my mum's going to do this like Arctic exhibition thingy and so I need to get her a Mother's Day card before she goes it's actually like next Sunday but I need to send it before Tuesday because she goes um and I went to Sainsbury's And I bought so many snacks, like a ridiculous amount of snacks. I spent quite a lot of money in Sainsbury's. You know, I'm just giving back to the company that started it all. You know, it's a full circle moment. We'll just just imagine it like that. But anyway, let's do a little life update. I am not going to lie. This week has been a big week. I've been in an assignment since Wednesday. A three-day assignment, people. A three-day group assignment now I feel like I was very lucky because like my group were really nice and like I had some of my course mates on it which made it so much easier because like we all knew each other so that was really nice but fuck me it was so overwhelming my brain my little ADHD brain is not meant for that type of work high stress high intensity oh no but I say that but that's literally the type of career path I want to go into I don't know what it is about I mean I this is the thing I did actually really enjoy it the only thing I didn't enjoy was, like, the deadline side of things and us running out of time. That gives me really bad anxiety. But other than that, like, I did really enjoy the project. We got sent this, like, outbreak investigation. And you had to, like, do loads of, like, analysis on it and act like it was, like, a real-life outbreak and try and solve it. And so, and, like, work out what it was and send stuff to the lab and blah, 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 blah. Like, it was quite, like, a fun assignment. And it was worth 20% as well. So that's, like, a nice little boost, you know? Like, it's not enough for it to matter, but it's enough for it to be, like, a little, like, pushing you over the grade boundary, which is always nice. Like, I'd way rather things were, like, not just 100% on one thing or kind of split up. So I've been doing that for the past three days, which, like, I am tired. I am really, really tired other things we've done this week is I had medical anthropology Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I really enjoyed this like week's lessons. We learned about um the medical anthropology of kind of I don't there's so many different things. This week's lesson was a bit more abstract. One of them's was <laughs> one of the questions that came up was how would you live life as a salmon? Like what would it be like to be a salmon? And I was just like, no. I don't think I can, I don't think I can do that. And another one was like, are we cyborgs? And I found that really interesting. So it was like, if you wear contact lenses and if you wear glasses, are you technically a cyborg? Because like you've like technically a little bit like technology. And I was like, oh my God, I wear contact lenses. Am I a cyborg? Is this what this means? 
I was in shock. I was in massive shock. I also, oh God, I did something so embarrassing. I'm going to share, but it is really embarrassing. Like, I am properly embarrassed about it. It was a classic me not giving something time to work out. So I applied for this thing and the deadline was at 12. I didn't realise the deadline was at 12 because in none of the reminder emails did it say the deadline was at 12. It only said it in this one email. And so I applied at five. Everyone else got a response back from this thing we all applied to. They all got a response back and I didn't get a response back. And I was like, I haven't got it. I obviously haven't got it. I fucked it because I didn't apply in time, which would have been fair enough if I had genuinely not applied in time. But the fact that none of the reminder emails had it in that you needed to apply by that time made me think it was really unfair. And I just felt really overwhelmed and emotional about it. And so then I got super duper overwhelmed and I ended up going, oh, it was so embarrassing. I went in to talk to this lady about it and I just ended up crying. And I mean, who does that? Who does that? I felt mortified. I I know, I know crying is fine, all of that, like, I know. But, like, there is a time and a place for crying, and this was nor the time nor the place, okay? I was in the centre of university, right? We've got to have our shit together, and I did not have my shit together. I was just, I don't know, I just started explaining the situation and being like, to be fair, I was a bit dramatic when I was walking there. I was just in my head like, I hate having ADHD sometimes because I just forget everything and blah, 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 just ranting at myself in my head. And then I got there and I explained the situation. I just started crying because I just felt so overwhelmed with everything. And then I booked like a student advice appointment. I booked so many things. I wrote a strongly worded email. And then I emailed my disability support person. And they were like, hi, Bella, great to hear from you. Sorry uh, for the confusion. You applied the last, like, you were on the last to apply, so you'll be one of the last to get told. But, uh, yeah, you have got it, so don't worry about it. And I was like, are you serious? Are you serious? Two, three oh, hours of my life where I was intensely stressed. Intensely stressed, all for my own doing. This is one of the things that annoys me most about myself is like the way I can just jump to extremes of a situation. Like the way my mind will jump is like nothing else. Oh my God, I forgot another thing I did this week. I went to the theatre. I'm a cultured lady now. I went to the theatre on Wednesday with my friend from uni and it was so great. I don't know if any of you are in London, but if you are in London and you're under 25, you can get these £10 theatre tickets from the National Theatre and it's brilliant. And I went to go see Fedra and it was so good. It was really cool because the entire play was in this glass kind of cube like glass stage which was like cube shaped like it was obviously huge it wasn't just a cube it was massive but the stage span around it was like a 360 stage and like so they'd be walking around the house and but you'd get to see them walking through the house you know how in tv it follows the person around it was like that but you got to see it all happening it was really cool and they changed the like setting a few times and they used like projection I don't it was just really really good I'll say more about it in the new things that I've done this week but I would really really recommend going and watching it I really really enjoyed it I also my god no this is more than new things I've done this week but I've never watched The Office before and I watched The Office and you know it's kind of funny I can see why people like it I'm started watching Modern Family and I think I'm gonna watch that again tonight because that's my favorite thing at the moment I feel like I'm feeling like I need comfort tv shows which I don't really know why I'm fine, like everything's fine. I'm just tired at the moment. I was gonna go out tonight, but I just realized my headspace is not in the right place and that I think I need to be aware of how 
my brain copes in situations like today and sometimes it doesn't cope very well. Sometimes I just get super overwhelmed with everything that's going on and I need to realise that I, it's not that I can't do everything that everyone else can do, it's that I need to listen to myself a bit more which means in moments like today where I wanted to go like I want I thought I wanted to go out but I knew deep down something didn't feel right and like I called my boyfriend and I was just like being a bit off on the phone and I knew I just wasn't in the right headspace and when I came home as soon as I came home I was like I'm so glad I have come home because I don't really want to go out right now I want like I'm really tired and I think there's definitely is this pressure in my mind of I have to live London in a certain way like I have to go out all the time if I don't go out all the time then that's really boring and then I'm wasting my time here and there's this a lot of pressure that I put on myself for that and so I definitely feel like it's been a good process of getting to know myself and understanding my diagnosis and understanding like how my brain works and also understanding how much I value time on my own which is kind of why I decided to do this podcast this week's podcast on spending time on your own because I think it's a thing that's really important I think it's a thing we don't really we don't talk about enough it's also one of the most popular past podcast episodes that I've ever done the one about being alone but not lonely and it's been about a year since I recorded that and I think it'll be I haven't listened to it I never really like listening back to my old episodes I don't know why it's really weird isn't it I don't I don't enjoy listening back to them I find it kind of unnerving like kind of like I think I will find it good to look back on in maybe a couple of years time but it kind of like instantly transports me back to that time and I don't know there's so many like I remember this really key memory when I was I finished work at the hotel and I walked out the front door and I was walking along and like where the hotel that I used to be a cleaner at there was like there's the cliffs all down the side sorry you can probably hear the car going past there's like all the cliffs in the seafront obviously because like where I live is like by the beach and I remember walking along there and creating the Instagram account for you've got mail and posting the first photo and I was just walking along and I was like I'm gonna start the podcast I'm gonna start a podcast I don't know why I'm gonna start a podcast but I'm gonna start a podcast because that's really what I want to do and now here we are like a year and a few months later and we're still doing it and I think you guys have been with me through so many things and there's such an like one of you guys messaged me saying you've listened to it from the start and I've never done that I have never listen to the podcast from the start like from the start to see how my views have changed to see how my thoughts have changed to see how I have done the podcast has changed because I think I've got into like a nice little routine now of things that I do and things that like make sense the way I do things and like it all kind of works together but I've never I've never done it to see the growth I would love to know right if you have recently listened to the podcast like start to finish there's not going to be that many of you, like, it takes true dedication, I'm very, very grateful to anyone who's done that, like, I don't want it to be like, everyone's listening to everything I've ever done, I realise this is, like, probably not the case, but if any of you have, like, can you let me know what things you think have improved, or things you think have got worse, that's equally as beneficial, I just, it's quite a strange thing to admit, but I find it a bit unnerving to be, to listen back, I don't know why, It's like watching, it's like reading a diary entry that's way more vulnerable than any other diary entry you've ever listened to. Because in that diary entry, not only are you going to recap your entire life, but you're going to go into your brain and recap your entire brain about everything you're thinking about in a certain way. And I think, 
it really, there's something about hearing your own voice talk about a certain situation that makes it just transport back to a really particular part in your life. And I think that's where I find it like slightly hard to look back over them, slightly tricky. It's really strange. It's not like I'm embarrassed or anything. I just find it like unsettling. Like it really transports me back straight away. So that's, I don't know, it's a, it's a weird one. But anyway, on this topic of things we're doing no on this topic of nostalgia as I said one of the best podcasts that I've ever done has been being alone but not lonely and it made me think a lot about how spending time on your own and being on your own is some is one of the biggest like everyone says that the relationships that you have in your 20s form the like foundations of your life and I think one of those key relationships that you have is with yourself and this is why I wanted to record a podcast on the relationship with yourself and being alone but not lonely, spending time with yourself but realising that that's really important and a valid way of spending your time because I think it's taken me so long to realise this, so long and I think it's so important and I want to share it with you. So on to the topic of this week's podcast which is, you know, a little retake on being alone but not lonely but probably with a different name. I know we're not meant to do any life update, we're meant to go straight to the content part of the podcast, but you know how I was like, oh, I'm just going to run 15 kilometres. I accidentally ended up running a half marathon and my body is in bits. Like I, I just impulsively, I was at 15k and I was like, well, should I just run another five? And then I've done it and then I know what it's like. Well, I am needing to just lie horizontal now. My legs are in so much pain. But anyway, this is very boring and you've literally heard me talk about my life for like the past 10 minutes. So on to the content part of this week's podcast, which is spending time on your own and learning to love spending time on your own because it's something that I've really, you know, I've really struggled with it all of my life. And then it's like moments like this weekend, I'm literally on my own the entire weekend. And it's moments like this when I realise I am on my own and I have to spend prolonged periods of time on my own that I realise how much I improved and like how much I have grown since these first periods of moments where I'd have to spend time on my own. I'd absolutely dread it. Like I hated spending time on my own. Let me take you back to about 2020. No, before 2018, 2019, when I was at university, I hated spending time on my own. I think because I come from like quite a like a big family and like me and my siblings are really close, I'd never really spent much time on my own because I was always with my family. Like either I was with my friends or with my family. Like, you know, when you're at home, you're never really on your own. I'd never really spend time on my own because we'd all be together. And I think this has meant that I didn't really get much experience at spending time on my own or like entertaining myself. I think that's the thing of like when you have siblings, you never really have to like entertain yourself because you can always just do something with them and like you can entertain yourself with them if that makes sense. Like you can always just like go for a walk or just go and chat in their rooms. I'd never think of ways to entertain myself when I was on my own. And also because I was always studying, I always had like an intense level of work to do. I could just distract myself so easily with work. And I've now like come to realise that work is my default. When most people have their kind of relaxing as their default and they'd rather spend time on their own, I had working as my default and I've had working as my default, which has been 
really tricky in kind of trying to navigate gaining a better relationship with myself because I think I was so fearful of spending time on my own and I was so fearful of kind of having a calmer mind I needed that constant distraction and that's why I've kind of always been a bit of a workaholic with everything I've done I've never had like a healthy relationship with it I've always had it like very intense I've always intensely studied or intensely worked and I don't think that's been good for me and I think as I said it's meant that this I never really curated because I kind of went from spending so much time with my family to then always having to study and that was kind of like my default like even at GCSEs I was studying a ridiculous amount like it was not necessary but now I know it's because of the ADHD and I didn't get any extra time or anything that's why I felt like I needed to do so much it's because I didn't actually have the space or the time to do it like I always remember saying to mum like I don't feel like I have enough time to fit everything in like there's not enough hours in the day and that's because I wasn't given extra time with things so of course there wasn't there wasn't actually physical hours in the day to do what I wanted to do but I also think this then meant that because all of my time was filled up again that relationship with myself was never made I never ever had that time because I was either studying or working or with my family and so this meant that throughout university, again, I would never really spend time on my own. I would either be doing my work, I'd be studying, which again, a distraction, or I'd be with my friends at uni, but like in a very codependent way, in a very, I would spend every living, breathing minute like with people. And I'd way rather do that than be on my own. Like even when I would leave watching films with people and like go to bed eventually, I would then like call my boyfriend and FaceTime him or chat to him. So I was like, literally, I was with people from the moment I woke up to the moment I go to sleep. There was no time just for like peace in my own head. And it's really only once I hit COVID, once everything kind of came crashing down, that I kind of had to take like a proper good look at this relationship with myself and start to question how it had become the monster that it was. Because the thing is, I've never... Like, I was a happy kid. I was a happy teenager. There wasn't anything major that happened. Just slowly but surely, I'd started chipping away at this relationship with myself until it was literally nothing. And I always remember feeling like when I was younger that I didn't want to be on my own. Like, wanting to go to the bathroom with people. Wanting to... Being scared of, like, missing out on different things. So it's, like, always been something that's been the... At like the back of my mind is that I don't want to be on my own I don't like it and I wonder whether it is because my brain moves so fast that sometimes I can find it really overwhelming to have to focus on all of those thoughts and when I'm with people I can just focus on talking with them and like focus on being with them and it's really interesting to like now flip it and see where I am now it's kind of flipped the other way and we'll get on to that but I just think it's interesting to like see how my brain has evolved and how I've evolved to view time on my own but it was only then once I hit COVID, like I think once I hit COVID and I went through my breakup and all of a sudden, like I have been, I'm a very much relationship person, I've realised and like I've kind of been in, rela- I had been in relationships before that breakup, I'd literally been in relationships constantly and again it's that fear of being on my own, I'd always craved companionship and wanting someone there because I don't know why either, like it's really strange because I don't know why, there is no why, I've just acknowledged and noticed that that's something that's in my character, that I've always been like that, and so when I finally had that breakup, and went through the breakup, not only was it like a breakup, which is shitty, it was a breakup in a lockdown, 
like a lockdown like also i was just thinking it's so weird that like a lockdown is in our language now isn't it like to be locked down you can't move that's our like that's in our day-to-day language now it's so weird how things have changed but anyway that period of intense time with myself meant that i got to know myself really well and it was in those moments where i was just really sad I'm not going to, like, sugarcoat it. I was really sad. It was a rock-bottom moment. I look back at, like, the few rock-bottom moments that I've had and, like, that period of my life is definitely up there. And I was just miserable. And because in this relationship I'd really isolated myself, I'd lost... Not lost, but I'd kind of... I didn't feel that close to many people, so I kind of, like felt like I was drifting a bit and this is the thing like I had a few friends that were really close and like I obviously was close with them but I didn't feel I I kind of lost myself in this relationship and I think that made being on my own so much more of a daunting process but then when I was finally faced with actually having to be on my own like the stark reality I was like this is it like I can't it's just me there's no one else here now And I remember just lying in bed and I always had to have Gilmore Girls on in the background. I literally woke up and I would watch Gilmore Girls from the moment I woke up until the moment I went to sleep. Literally, like, just binge-watching it because it was, like, a source of companionship. I felt like I wasn't on my own if that was on. I went to sleep with it on. And, like, if you know me, like, I don't like sleeping. Like, I use the Calm app and that talks to me sometimes when I'm sleeping. Like, the meditations and stuff I find really helpful. But I can't have tv going on because i want to watch it and it's really strange when i look back at like i can't watch gilmore girls anymore that's not something i can do i get really sad like it makes me feel a bit sick which is so strange it's like a properly physical response to this emotional time of my life and i think it a little bit scarred me (laughs) i don't know why but it was just well i do know why because it's traumatic but i think that period of my time when I really got to know who I was, I suddenly confronted the fear and the concept and the narrative that being on my own was scary. Because all of a sudden I had to be on my own. There was no other option. I was on my own. This is it. And I don't think I'd ever confronted it before because I'd never had to confront it before. In lot in like at uni, I was always with people, or I had my boyfriend, or I had my family when I was at home, and all of these things meant that I was never really on my own. I always felt like I was very connected and always had people to go and talk to. But then in lockdown, I was on my own. And it was in those moments that I realised that being on my own wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And I started to realise, like I said, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was, but I had no experience of it. I had no relationship with myself. I had nothing. I didn't really know myself. It would be like when people would be like, what do you like doing? didn't actually know and that sounds really strange it's a bit embarrassing to admit but like I didn't know I didn't have favorite music or favorite books that I like to read or I didn't feel like I had hobbies because work had dominated my life and these other things and people had dominated my life because I was so scared of that time on my own but it's in that time on your own that I've now grown to realize it's that time When you grow to understand who you are, you get to know who you are. You get to know what you enjoy doing. Not what the people around you enjoy doing, what you enjoy doing. But because I'd had no experience of it, because I'd never understood what being alone and the importance of being alone, I'd never got to know what I actually liked doing. 
And so this period of time where I was suddenly faced with the reality of actually, what am, who am I? What do I like doing? Made me confront these issues. And it suddenly transitioned my thoughts on how I felt about spending time on my own into, this is a kind of, I kind of made it into a game. I made it into a, I want to get to know this relationship with myself. I think because I was craving, like, I was craving people because we were literally locked up in our houses and I just had my, like, I I appreciate I was very lucky to be locked up with my family um, and, like, with them. But, like, it was still the same five people for three months. And I was craving kind of, like, stimulus of getting to know other people, getting to know someone. And I suddenly realised that I barely knew myself. I barely understood who I was. And I really went to town in that period of my life in getting to know me. And it was like, I get that's where it started. And it's not over yet. And there's still periods of time where I'm getting to know me. But like before that, I tried journaling, I tried reading, I tried doing all the things I do now, but it never really clicked. And I'd never really felt proud of myself. I'd never really felt like I belonged. And that had been something that I'd really struggled with. And I think I struggled with it because that feeling of belonging doesn't come from the people around you. It comes from yourself. It comes from knowing that no matter what, you belong everywhere because you're welcome within yourself. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. But what I mean is that I mentioned this. I record the questions first this time because it was just like the way my brain was working. And one of you asked such a lovely question about I'm struggling to feel where I am at home. And it's this idea that home is always within you. Therefore, you can feel at home anywhere. And I think it again applies to this of I felt like welcome everywhere because I knew within myself that I welcomed myself. I don't know. I feel like what I'm trying to say, maybe I'm not articulating it well, but I mean that I really spent time getting to know who I was. And in doing that, I created a relationship with myself that made a really strong foundation to every other relationship that I had because I knew if any relationship or anything that happened didn't serve me, it wasn't scary being alone anymore. I knew who I was and I was okay with it. And I actually liked that person quite a lot. I actually really liked them and it was time to get to know them more. And I think this is when I kind of transitioned that relationship into being something that I wanted to prioritise. Because the more that I got to know myself, the more that I spent time by myself, the more I craved time by myself. Because I suddenly realised this massive relationship in my life was something that I'd been neglecting for 20 years. I'd never put time into it. I'd never done things that I actually wanted to do. I'd never just listened to myself. Because I am such a people pleaser... I constantly listened to the people around me and that had been something that was very hard to swallow but was a very important lesson to swallow because I think if I didn't ever swallow it like who knows where we'd have been and I think that's the biggest transition is once you start to see yourself as a person to get to know you start to see yourself as someone that you can actually be with and I think this is another thing that I wanted to talk about is how You can start, before you create a relationship with yourself, I think you can see the people around you as your safety net, which means you start to do everything for the people around you. You become a people pleaser because you're so scared of being on your own. You're so scared of them leaving that you do everything to make them stay. But when you find that person within yourself, when you become your own safety net, you start to realise that you feel calm in an unparalleled way because you're no longer scared of people leaving because you realise them leaving 
is to do with them. It's out of your control, but you are safe in yourself. You can acknowledge that being around the people that you love is better, but you're aware that if they leave, you will be okay. And I think that that reaffirming belief is something I'd never had before. I'd never had a confidence in myself and in my own relationship that I would be okay on my own. And it was only through getting to know myself that I then became okay with the idea of being on my own because I realised it wasn't so scary. And I think you spend the longest amount of time in your own head. You spend the longest amount of time in a brain that is going to look after you for the entire period of your life. You are with yourself from the moment you wake up until the moment you die. That's it. It's just you and yourself. It's you interacting with people around you, but fundamental to those interactions is the relationship with yourself. It's you. You're the common denominator. So if you don't know who you are, if you don't prioritise getting to know yourself, if you don't prioritise what you want, every other relationship is going to be slightly flawed because it's not you. It's a version of you that you're presenting to them to make them love you because you're scared of losing them as part of your safety net. But it's a projection of you. It's not actually the true you. And I think this is something that came to trip me up so many, so many times because I was scared of being on my own. I was scared of being my own. And so I created multiple projections of myself. I became a chameleon. I became a chameleon that would change into whatever that person needed me to be so that I stayed relevant in every single person's life because I was so scared of being irrelevant and not mattering, because if I didn't matter to them, I didn't matter to anyone, because I didn't matter to myself. And this is why it is so important that you get to know yourself and you prioritise yourself as a relationship you need, because I wish I'd have done it sooner. I wish I had spent as much time thinking about everyone else as I was growing up that I thought, the, like, I thought about myself. And not in a selfish way, in a I'm going to go to the shops on my own. I'm going to go read a book on my own. I'm going to journal. I'm going to get to know what I like because those people that we really look up to have a really strong understanding of who they are and they're really confident in that because it's so much easier to be confident in who you are once you know who you are. It's so much easier. How can you be confident in yourself if you don't know who you are? And I think this is the thing. So many people love confident people and I think it's because there's a kind of like an awe in completely and unapologetically knowing who you are and loving it. Everything in the world tells you not to love yourself because everyone profits off you not loving yourself. Think about everything in society, okay, beauty, beauty products. They profit off you not liking your appearance and wanting to change it in a certain way to become more like the beauty standards are beautiful, you know? And I know makeup's changing and it's now becoming way more creative in a way of creative expression and that's brilliant and that's the way it's heading and that's, like, really good. I'm acknowledging that and I'm not saying that's all beauty, but I'm saying where beauty stemmed from with this ideal to make yourself look more like the normal standards. And I think those people that break away from the normal standards don't feel the need to be that way anymore. They don't feel the need to dress like everyone else or do the same things as everyone else. They don't feel the need to be sheep because they know who they are. They don't need to find comfort in conformity. They find comfort in themselves. And I think that's something that's really, really important. But the thing I found hard with living in like a post-lockdown world 
in which I really got to know myself is then prioritizing the relationship with myself on the outside of that experience because lockdown was a very unique situation where I was very lucky to not be working not be studying could literally focus all my time on just like getting to know me just chilling just like journaling and writing and doing things and finding things I liked and that has been something that has been hard to transition as I've got busier because I've noticed I still have the tendency to like fill up my time, fill up my time with jobs and with work and rather just than sit still and think and do and things like that I actually want to do. And so what's been really important in my life is ensuring that I still enjoy that time on my own in making sure that I kind of really curate time to spend on my own. It's like this weekend, for example. I know I have a free weekend and I know I could have seen people today. But I knew for me it was really important for me to go on like a big run today. It'd been something in my head that I'd been feeling guilty about and I knew I'd really wanted to do it. And that run really cleared my head and it was something for me. And I got to know something about myself that I could run a half marathon. That's really cool, you know? Like that was such an achievement. And I'd never, like I remember a year ago, I was like, I ran 10K. That was the furthest I've ever run. And I was so excited about it. And now like a year later, now I'm running 20K. And maybe like a year later, I'll be running 30K. I don't know. But you know what I mean? It's that idea that it's in those moments where you are on your own that you prove to yourself different things about your character. And that's why it's so exciting because you create new, can you say fa- faucets of your character? I don't know if that's a thing. I've just, invented that I don't think that's a thing you create new kind of like little parts to you you get more stories to tell because you get to know yourself better and I think that's really important and I think the way you can take this forward into your everyday life because I appreciate when I got to know myself it was a very unique period of time but it's now in my life it's making sure there are periods of time where I do something just for me and I don't want to go on about the gym at the moment it is the gym because that's something that I know is just for me. I don't do that for anyone else. It doesn't, like, that That right now is just for me. I also make sure, like, when I wake up, I journal. A li- like, I just write down my goals. And when I go to sleep, I journal. And that, like, journaling every single night has been a really good way to acknowledge thought patterns. And I think it's in getting to know myself and in getting to know my thoughts and being comfortable in my thoughts I've become so comfortable in being on my own. So much so that sometimes I prefer it than being with people. And it's kind of from this flip, and I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's where we are at at this period in my life. I, sometimes I feel like I get overwhelmed with everything that's going on with the people around me. And I just need some time just to have like a moment to myself and to just feel like I can suit myself and do my own thing and like that's why this weekend I feel like it was really needed I really needed a weekend where I could just do whatever I wanted to do and kind of indulge in that really selfish aspect of fully suiting yourself and I would never have been this way before a weekend like this last time would have filled me with anxiety and the thing is I probably wouldn't have done anything different but I felt guilty for doing it because like today I fully spent it on my own I literally have not seen another person today. And beforehand, and there was other plans that I could have gone to because I know like the rugby's on and those people going to the pub and everything. But I knew I just didn't fancy it because I had other things I wanted to do and that's fine. But beforehand, I would have felt guilt. I would have felt anxious about going, but I'd equally have felt anxious about not going. I'd have felt like I was missing out. I would have scrolled on my phone for so long and it would have been such a negative use of time. And that's why I think this has been 
such a good this this weekend really shows how much things have changed because I don't feel like that anymore. I enjoy spending time on my own. I look forward to spending time on my own. I think that's you know, I'm really proud of myself. Because little Bella did not like it. Like when I think back to like the little me who hated being left on her own and hated doing anything like that, I used to cry all the time. I've come such a long way. And maybe now I'm one of those people, I think I am, I find comfort not in the kind of standard way we're meant to be, but I find comfort in being myself. I find comfort in who I am as my first, like I find comfort in myself, not in conformity. And I always found those people like very awe-inspiring. And I don't feel like I'm not saying like I'm awe-inspiring. I'm just like, it's, I always viewed those people as like, wow. And I'm now realising that I'm doing that too. Like, I am doing the things that I want to do regardless of if everyone thinks I should do them or not. Which not is to say, like, go off on one and, like, do whatever you want and don't listen to people's advice. But, I mean, I'd have been so scared of missing out today. And I wasn't scared of that at all. Like, I, like, I did think, should I go? And I was like, no. I actually really don't want to. And it was like my family were in London going to an art exhibition. I was like, should I go? And I was like, I really don't want to. I just want to be on my own today. I just want to suit myself and have a really nice, like, day and weekend. And I feel like in the moments where I am on my own, I feel like I can breathe and, like, get on top of everything. And it's a really good feeling for someone who constantly feels like they're never on top of anything. So in that way, I've really learned to value my alone time no longer makes me lonely because I realise what a benefit it brings to my life and the positive sides of it. But it's been a journey. It really has been a journey. And the way I would advise you if you are struggling with this relationship with yourself is make sure that you spend time on your own to start creating that relationship. Take yourself out for food. Go and take yourself for a coffee. Stop filling all of your time with other people and start making purposeful time for you. Whether it's going to the gym, whether it's going for a walk, whether it's reading a book every, I don't know, journaling, like you've got, in order to make a good relationship with yourself, you've got to give yourself time to get to know yourself, you can't expect it just to happen passively, it's not, you have to be active in this, it's got to be something that's coming from you, and you've got to actively engage in wanting that relationship, and I think that's been something that I have struggled with, but I've now become better at it, and I'm so happy with the position that I'm in, but anyway, let's move on to the questions for this week's podcast so on to the question part for this week's podcast so the first question we're going to answer is when do you feel a reoccurring moment of loneliness e.g., a certain time of the year when you're stressed exhausted etc so when do i feel a reoccurring moment of loneliness sometimes i think i've been thinking about this a lot recently and sometimes this might sound strange sometimes i kind of feel like i'm on a glass wall like everyone else is through the window and I'm not in the window with them I think sometimes when I'm feeling like overwhelmed with everything that's going on and I'm really in my own head and everyone else seems to be like really close and getting on really well with everything and coping really well and like sometimes then I can feel really lonely no matter who I'm surrounded by I can just feel very isolated because I feel like I'm the only one that doesn't get it the only one that doesn't crave the same things as everyone else the only one that just feels a bit like not included 
and it's weird because it's like I I am invited to things and I am in, I I don't know it's not like it's like even if I'm there and I'm doing the thing that I'm nervous about doing I just feel a bit out of it and so this is what's been kind of the moments I've noticed that I feel the loneliest is when I've kind of run myself down and then I feel out of place when I feel out of place in a situation when I feel like I don't belong that's when I really start to feel really lonely and then I get my own head in it and then it kind of like perpetuates this cycle of negativity and I find that really hard. I find those moments where I don't feel like I belong hard and they make me feel really lonely. I don't necessarily find it when it is on my own. If anything, kind of feel the least lonely when I am actually on my own because there's no one to compare my loneliness to. There's no one to compare how I feel to, so I just feel like fine because I'm just happily in my own world. I can also feel sometimes really lonely when I look on Instagram. I think if I'm, it depends what frame of mind I'm in, but sometimes if I'm in like a sensitive frame of mind and I go on Instagram and I see everyone else having like the best time, I can suddenly like second guess everything and that can be a little bit tricky. How do you cope with the feeling of tightness in everyday like claustrophobia, but even when you're stressed, exhausted. Oh, I misread that, but that makes sense. How do you cope with the feeling of tightness in everyday life? I try and do things that give me feelings of space. I try and do things that gives me space in my day that makes me feel like I'm able to breathe. So I know, I don't want to be like going on about the gym because I know I've been talking about it a lot recently, but like, I didn't work out on Wednesday because I wanted to have a lie in. I'm not going to lie. I opened my eyes on Wednesday morning. I just thought, absolutely fucking not. I don't want to roll out of bed. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to do that. And you know what? I didn't feel good. It made me, I felt the, I cried on the tube. I'm sorry, but what main character complex do I think I'm living? I need to get a grip. That's not okay. There was nothing to cry about. So not going to be doing that again. But giving myself that time in the morning that makes me think I have time to do everything else has been really beneficial and really helpful. So I think that's been what's really helped me out is me like removing that feeling claustrophobia, like removing that feeling has been dependent on me creating time in the day for me to be able to think through my own thoughts and to have that moment to myself and for me that's working out for some people it's like doing that hobby whatever hobby you do that allows you to switch off and I don't really have one apart from the gym and recording the podcast and like reading and stuff is good but I feel a bit out of all of that at the moment so these are the things that have been really helping me and I think that's the thing is it's like curating some time in your day that gives you that space that allows me to kind of like cope with the claustrophobia I guess of every day how do you know when you are home, been struggling to find where I belong? I think that's a really, that's a really nice question. How do you know when you feel at home? I think, I know when I'm at home, when I can feel totally comfortable with the people I'm with. And I think this is what's so lovely about the housemates that I found, like Maisie and Anna, I love them both so much. And like, I feel so comfortable. I could go like there's been I like I've walked in I walk in and anything. Like do you know what I mean? We always all make dinner all together and we'd like I know there's anything that I could tell them and it would always be okay. And I think that's when you know when you feel at home is when you have people around you and you feel comfortable in your environment that you your nervous system isn't on edge. I don't feel on edge when I'm at home and I think that's how I know I'm at home. It's when I'm truly relaxed, when nothing's going on. 
And that doesn't mean I'm relaxed all the time. I'm not. I get anxious still. You know, I overthink things still. But I think I feel like I belong here because I feel welcome here. And that's something that's really important to me. But I think it's also... I haven't always felt like I've belonged in London and I haven't always, I don't always feel like I belong on my master's. I don't always feel like I belong in science. Like I don't think I'm smart enough sometimes being honest. Like I don't, I think the people around me are really smart and I don't think I'm that smart. And I think I second guess a lot why I'm here and whether or not I can do it. And like I second guess a lot of the things I've decided in my life about whether or not this is actually the path for me or whether I'm just like, it's like major imposter syndrome. But I think giving myself space to get to know who I am and to feel home in myself has been paramount in making myself feel home in any situation because I'm not searching for that thing anymore. I'm not searching for the thing that makes me feel at home because I know I have that core of home within myself. Does that make sense? I think when I'm struggling to feel like I belong somewhere, I'm trying and kind of like flip it and make myself remember that I belong everywhere because like you can I don't know if that makes sense I belong everywhere like I don't know but that's just how I think about it it's that I find the comfort in myself to remind myself that I am allowed to be here and I do belong to be here and that that's okay and that's been really helpful in making me feel like I belong somewhere okay we'll do two more questions from this side and then we'll move to the other but I've realized that I've kind of been spending too long on this so I don't have any friends, but there's this lovely group of girls in my school. How do I join the group? You know, this is such an interesting one because I think there's so... When you're in the group, anyone can join and you just think anyone would come up and chat to you. And when you're out of the group, you think the group of girls are so intimidating. So my biggest tip is remember that they are lovely. That's that's what they are. And just to try and start a conversation with them. Like one of my best friends on the course, she started way later than the rest of us did. And I kind of like noticed her walking around and I was like, I feel like we're going to get on. Like, I just feel like I'm going to get on really well with you. And I just made an effort to talk to her. I made an effort to like sit near her and chat to her and got her number and then slowly and surely like we'd message about uni and then it's kind of like initially starting with that common ground of you both you all have school so chat a bit about school with them like that's all your common like that's okay to chat about that at the beginning and then slowly once you get to know them then it kind of gets easier to have that conversation but I think making that effort is really important and if there are a lovely group of girls in the school and you don't feel like you have many friends at the school then what have you got to lose by giving them like chatting to them I think chatting to them if you have like some lessons together or you know when it's a really good time to chat to people like when you're coming out of lessons and it's like or at break time I don't know how your school works but I think you can easily make better friends with people and get to know people by being more proactive about speaking to them and in nervous situations I get really chatty so in a kind of way I am blessed in that way because I just get very nervous about it all and end up just chatting shit which I guess makes it easier to talk to people like I'm not a quiet nervous person I'm a very much an oversharer which you can probably guess from the podcast I mean it's kind of self-explanatory I mean who has a podcast to talk through all of their issues it's kind of you know it's chatty to say the least 
But I think that's it. If there's a lovely group of friends and you want to be closer with them, try to make that effort so that you can spend more time with them. Make that effort to speak to them when you're around them. Remember things that they tell you so you can ask them questions again. It's just like building up that rapport with them so that then you can become better friends. And remembering they are lovely people and there's no reason why they wouldn't want you as a friend. I think that's it. We can make these into really big negative experiences, but they don't necessarily need to be one. So let's go on to the anonymous questions. Right, I don't look at these before. Maybe I should. Okay. Oh, there's loads. Have you ever cheated? You gotta be honest, lol. No, I have never cheated. Guys, I got cheated on. That's why that was the viral TikTok that made everything go correct. Like, imagine. No, I've never cheated ever. After I got cheated on, it was one of the worst things I've ever experienced. Me and my ex were together for four years, four and a half years, four years or three and a half, four years. We were together for a really fucking long time. And like he cheated on me. And I don't know if I'm ready to talk about it. So let's move on. But no, I've never cheated on anyone. I don't really see the, I don't get it. I've always said if you like really, like if my boyfriend ever wanted to cheat on me, like tell me first. I don't know, I never think that an impulse could be that bad that you'd, like, have to strike, like, I, I don't know, I've never cheated, I just don't get it, I just don't get it, I feel like it shows a total lack of respect for the person that you're seeing and the person that you're being with, it just, no other person is worth hurting someone like that, even if it means the next day going round to their house and breaking up with them because you realise you don't want to be with them anymore, at least they still have trust in humanity, okay, not to be dramatic, but it's it's taken me some time to get over my trust issues. It's taken me a lot of time. A lot of time. Okay, let's have a little look. How do you push yourself to do things by yourself? I used to be independent and love going places on my own, but now I feel like I rely on others too much. For example, there's a brunch place I wanted to try for a year now, but I keep putting it off. I think... I don't think about things too much. I'm very impulsive as a person. I just do things. Like, if there was, I don't know, a thing we had to jump off to, like, jump into the water, like, a water pool or something like that, I don't think about it. I just do it. Like, as long as it's safe, as long as it's safe. Like, as soon as I know something's safe or something, like, talking to someone new, I don't think about it for long. I just do it because I know that I overthink things. And if I overthink things, I probably won't do it. And so I just need to do it and get it out of the way. And it's never as bad as I think it's going to be. And so with the brunch thing, just go. Just go. Just stop thinking about it and just go. Wake up and go. As soon, the next time you wake up and you think about doing it, just go. You're going to order brunch and you're going to have the most delicious brunch and I want you to message me next week telling me that you've gone. Because it's brunch. You deserve to take yourself to brunch. You deserve to go and read your book or journal or listen to a podcast. Maybe listen to this podcast. Listen to music, whatever you enjoy doing. You deserve to go do that whilst eating some really delicious food. So just go, but don't overthink things. You really don't need to. No, that was like, you don't need to overthink things. I understand overthinking, but you don't need to overthink this. And by overthinking it, I promise you'll just make it so much harder for yourself. Okay, we'll do two more questions. What's your toxic trait? Maybe my toxic trait is my impulsivity. I don't think about things much before I do them. And 
that can be like like not like actually things that would hurt people ever like obviously I think about those things but I mean like if I'm feeling really emotional I can like call someone instantly before thinking through my emotions and I think that's a bit of a toxic trait like it's not mega toxic but I think sometimes I should like take a few deep breaths get control of my runaway thoughts and then call someone to explain what's going on in my head because sometimes I think I call people in like the crisis mode and I'm not really in the receptive mode to hear their help and it's kind of a pointless conversation and it ends up just everyone gets a bit irritated because I'm like asking for advice but I don't actually want advice I just want people to listen I just like I'm in panic mode and so that's a little bit tricky and the final question. Oh, another question. Have I got any tattoos? No, but I really want one. There's a very specific one I want, but like, I was going to get like a You've Got Mail one, but I think that's a bad idea. Maybe like just like a YGM, but then that's like, you get me and that's not what we want. That would not go down well. Like that's not what we want. So maybe not. Okay, last one. I enjoy myself. I enjoy doing things alone. I love it. I healed myself several times. I think that I am not lonely at all and I can enjoy my own company too much. Whenever something bad happens to me, that's when the lonely feeling kicks in. You know, I get this. And I think I feel this quite a lot too. And you'll have probably got this in the podcast episode. Like, I really feel like I've healed myself. And I really feel like I've tried really hard to get to the point that I'm at now. But whenever something gets hard or knocks me down, then all of a sudden I find myself questioning everything that I've kind of built up to before. And it's a very, like, grounding moment but I realise this moment that I'm grounded to is never the same moment that I was grounded to before. It's always a little bit better, even if it's only a little bit. So even though in these moments I find myself feeling really lonely and really down, I don't feel as down as I did or as lonely as I did the first time it happened. And to me that kind of shows growth, that like the rock bottom that I'm hitting is never the same rock bottom as before and it's always on the way up. So that's been a positive thing that I've realised. And I think it's also realising that you're not superhuman. It's all right to find things hard sometimes. It's all right to feel lonely sometimes. It's human. It's actually very normal. But the fact that you've healed yourself and you enjoy spending time on your own is a massive step in the right direction. And you get into the place you want to be. It just takes time. I think that was a really lovely question to end it on. So now we're going to go to the new things that I've done this week. So onto the new things that I've done this week, which as I said, I went to the theatre on Wednesday, which was so lovely. And those £10 theatre tickets were so good. We had front row seats, people, for front row seats. And it the play was incredible. It was a modern adaptation of the tragedy, the Greek tragedy, and it was so good. All of the actors were so good. One of the guys was so funny. It had everything. It was like dramatic, but revenge, but also really, really funny. And I don't know, I just, I really, really enjoyed it and I would definitely recommend you all go and see it. Um, it was called Fedra. It's on at the National Theatre. I think it's on until the end of March, maybe end of April. That was really good. And then what else have I done? Oh, on Sunday, by the time you listen to this podcast episode, I will have gone to the Hockney exhibition. So there's this new Hockney exhibition at King's Cross and it's got very mixed views to say the least. It's not... It's not got the best, it's got mixed reviews. Some people say it's incredible and some people say it's terrible. I am kind of of a mixed opinion about these immersive art experiences. I went to the Van Gogh experience in, like, you know, when it was in all of the different places and you could go and, like, it would have the projections around you and you'd go and watch it and everything. 
yeah, I'm of a mixed opinion of them. I think they are really cool, and I think they are like I get the I get it, but I don't really think it's immersive. I think it's just like you're just watching it, you know? Like it doesn't feel like you're in it because you're just watching it. But I don't know if that's just me being like having ADHD and but no, I love art galleries, so I don't think it is. I just I don't know what it is about immersive art galleries. I just I'm not I don't, I, I'm mixed about them, I really am, because it was good, but I wasn't like in, I was like, I did get a bit bored halfway through, so I'm interested to see how this Hockney one will be, apparently it's like an hour long, but the only downside is, is apparently there's, well I am going on a Sunday, so it does make sense, but all of the reviews were like, it was filled with screaming children, and I don't know if that's the vibe, I'm really not sure if that's going to be the vibe, also, I'm going on a big run tomorrow. New things I've done this week. Bella remembered she had a half marathon in three weeks and decided to pull a finger out and actually do some training. So, so I am going to do a 15K. Oh God, 15K. That's so far. That is literally so far. Oh my God, I need to go to bed. I have to wake up quite early tomorrow. Um, I'm going to do that tomorrow and we're going to see how that goes and I'll report back. I probably won't report back because I'll be dying, but this is why I need to do it because if I can do 15k, I can definitely do 20k, like absolutely. So that'll be fine. Other new things I've done this week is spend the weekend on my own, treat myself for a few different things. I've been out for dinner twice this week. I don't know who I think I am, but I need to calm down on the spending front. But like, I just, I just treated myself. I just thought, fuck it. Why not? And I went to the falafel place, delicious. Although, I do think it was, like, more delicious because I was really drunk. Now I've sobered up, I feel like it was less delicious. I only had two pints, and I I felt a bit drunk. I felt a bit tipsy. It was, you know, quite pathetic, to be honest. So I need to get a grip. Anyway, other new things I've done this week is... That's about it. Hot new exhibition on Sunday. I'm going out for brunch with my grandparents. I've been to the theatre. Watch it. Oh my god, it's the Love Island final on when Monday. On Monday, people. That is dramatic. Very dramatic. I'll report back next weekend. But anyway, I'm really thank you. I'm I was gonna say I'm really glad you've listened to the episode. I am really glad you've listened to the episode, but thank you for listening. That's probably a more appropriate response. If it's possible. Would you be able to give me a little review? It helps so many more people find me, and especially if you subscribe to it. I was able to see for the first time this week how many of you subscribe to the podcast, and there's so many of you listening. There's like 3,000 of you now, and that's so incredibly exciting, and I'm just so glad you're all here. But thank you for being here, and if you can give me a little review and a subscribe, then that massively helps more people find me. And just share the podcast. Share it with someone that you think would like it because guys I want to get bigger I want our community to grow and it's only going to grow if you guys share things with people because I can only share the podcast so many times only can share it so many times anyway thank you for listening make sure you're following me on instagram and on tiktok at you've got mail and score pod and make sure you get in touch with me about this episode if you've enjoyed it if you haven't enjoyed it if you want to chat about the things that i've mentioned because i love hearing your guys thoughts in the episode and it makes it feel so much more like a conversation but thank you for listening i hope you're okay and i'll speak to you next week i love you bye